buttons were pushed. We were just talking about the Black Eyed Peas and their contributions to music and whether Will I Am is talented or not. And it's hard because some of his great, some of his shit oh, come is on, so he's great. Talented. He's talented, but when some you of do his... all that great stuff, you're talented. Sure, but why do you do so much shitty stuff? Is my question. Listen, there are shitty things that I put out there in the world. Nothing as shitty as OMG. Or Big Fat Bass. Okay. Justice for Scream and Shout, which I, Matt Steele does not like I, by Britney Spears. I, I, I don't song. care for that song. I can't say I don't like it. It's just that I don't love it. I love it. I'm just like, mm, I have so much right, fun with again. it. Yeah. Yeah. I also have fun with like, you know, a sack of marbles, but I'm not going to say like I'm it's revolutionizing the world. I didn't say revolutionizing the world, but I think you just, your distaste for it shocks me because it was a giant hit. It was. And I was like, it was nice to hear Britney on the radio popping up post Femme Fatale. It was yeah. exciting. It, but it, sure. But yes, when you compare it to like, and I want to go by yeah, like, Britney like, Spears. Yeah, you know, like that should have been. It was. The hit of the millennium. It was a giant <laughs> it hit. It should have been bigger. Justice I'm, for no, everyone should be trying to get that to number one on iTunes It this was week. number one on the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> okay, well, it needs to be number one forever until the end of time. Okay, well, let's work on that. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, this week, this is our mission of the week. Thank you. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Two Game Nats, the podcast. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And we're back again another week. Matt Steele, mm-hmm. how was your week? It was very fine. Okay. I can't say anything super thrilling happened. All right. You know, so like, what did you do? You go out more. Oh, you see the people more. I guess I saw some of the You're people. You're among the people. You're a politician. I don't know that I'm a politician. Well, not <laughs> yet. I don't foresee that for me either. Um, What did I do this weekend? We definitely went over to uh, my friends Sarah and Eric's house, and we met their baby Owen for the first time, Aww. and so that was very lovely I was asked if I wanted to hold this baby who's now two months old and I was like I get nervous holding babies that small so I'll take pictures I you know I brought my nice camera took videos of Owen with his mom his dad but holding a baby that small is always too scary for me. Listen, there's only there's so much, only so much you can do here. Like you brought the nice camera. Yes. You're, you're documenting. You're the filmmaker of the situation. Right. You're the, the poster on the social media. And now you gotta hold the kid to make sure it doesn't fall on the floor. I just I that's so much work. It's so much pressure. So it's much like pressure. when the baby more has more heft. And it's like if you were to have somehow fallen out of my arms, you'd be fine. You'd cry a little bit, but you'd be back on your feet or crawling or whatever. I don't then think sure. that baby can crawl right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why we're not there yet. Yeah. Give me like three, four more months and I'll be ready for action, but not quite yet. I enjoy holding a baby situation. What does frustrate me, though, is like how like people when a guy is holding a baby, mm. like the women around him just like glare at him and they're just like, look how good he is with a child. <laughs> and it's like kind of creepy. It's like, listen, I'm just holding the kid. Like I'm not like saving the kid's life or anything. I'm not performing CPR or anything. Like, Which calm down. annoys you more? People being like really in love with every man who's ever held a baby or people thinking any man who dances is hilarious? Oh God, the, 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 that, the second <laughs> is... Far more annoying. I know you did. You have that. That one's not a fave of yours. Yeah. So I get it. Um, I also saw a film entitled American Fiction, and it was the one starring Jeffrey Wright. You know, you've seen it. Starling Kane Brown. I enjoyed it, um, especially as I was watching it. I very much enjoyed it. I believe the actress's name is Erica Alexander, who played Maxine Shaw on Living Single. It was great seeing her again. Oh, she's and great. She's, she's so, so great. Yeah. Tracy Ellis Ross. I loved her in the moment. And the thing is, watching the movie, I enjoyed it. For me personally, I found the ending to be a little bit of a letdown. So when I, that's kind of why it's not my giving me moments this week. I walked out of the film being like, ah, that ending though. I actually really loved the ending. Like to me, that kind of like really elevated because it ends with a. You don't need to spoil it. Well, I'm just, (laughs) spoiler alert, I will say that. Spoiler alert, it doesn't really end with like a, like things are solved. Sure. Like ending. Right. You know, it's sort of just like, oh, well, this sort of stuff continues and we do what we can. Right. But it's also, it almost like, skipped over what actually happened. I don't know. It just was like, 
I, I left feeling unsatisfied in the ending. So I hope that movie does well at the Oscars, but it's not like I, I wasn't like, yes, 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 give it all the awards. I want you to sit with it for a little longer. I sat. Right now, we'll sit in silence for the next 30 <laughs> seconds. I think the podcast will be really thrilling for people if we just sit here and Listen, silence. the Kathy's go hard. They will sit there for all 30 seconds I, I and wouldn't. listen to the silence. <laughs> I wouldn't. So I won't put you all through that. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and then today we went over to Jackson's um, sister and her husband's house and we watched the first of the two football games that happened today that finalized who's going to be in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. We watched the Chiefs uh, beat the Ravens. So that was, you know, sad for some people who were rooting for the Ravens. But for the Swifties out there, congratulations that your girl is going to, I assume, going to be in a box at the Super Bowl watching her boyfriend, you know, do his job. Yeah. I will say Travis got a little like, I don't know, taunty and like in people. I don't know. It felt like more of a like, I understand it's football. It felt like more of an aggressive game than usual. I I don't know. I feel like lots of football games, especially like when we're down to the wire with the Super Bowl, like here, like I feel like there's a lot of people in the audience doing way worse. I mean, yes. And the thing is, it wasn't the audience members. It was the the, the guys on the field. I feel like it was like, they were, there were so many flags that were like taunting or like pushing down. Just like, you're doing things beyond like, oh, we're now playing the game. Oh, guys, people are assholes to each other on the the fields and everything. And Mm. like, it's crazy when I look at athletes and like they don't win or or like they win or something like that and they're, they're actively like the sportsmanship is really bad mm. <laughs> and, and it's just like they throw temper tantrums on right. the field and everything it's like in any other profession like people would be scolded for this but not on a sports field for some reason it's it's like god forbid like an actress or actor or whatever right. like doesn't win an award and they don't immediately smile and like do a cartwheel out of their seat for the other person like they're right. like ooh what a horrible reaction when like these people on like a soccer field or whatever are literally like screaming at the umpire I know or, and well, I mean- I, you don't there's no umpire in the <laughs> soccer field but you know the referee that's what I meant yes the referee and yes, yes I mean there are flags like things do happen to them but it, nothing it doesn't like affect them as people outside of the game like yeah. it would if an actor made like a mean face when they lost an award so again I realize there's a lot of passion you've been working towards this your entire life but it just was a little like guys it's I mean I understand we're upset but like let's not do more harm to each other that's not like within the bounds of the game you know Listen, what I'm saying my life is full of disappointments <laughs> and if these guys can't handle right. a day's worth of disappointment then right. like they, I, what are they doing are they adults wow. come on they we're, need you in the locker room it'd be like guys there. come on <laughs> you better you gotta hear what happened to me last week all right all right yeah so it, it was a very busy week for me actually I will say okay. because, just because the Oscar nominations I was out. going to so say like, that's very important but besides that um, yep. I also had the series that I directed called Hustling came out this week yes. it premiered and uh, so I'm very very excited about that you can find that like links to that on my Instagram also my uh, friend Cecilia Tickton who wrote and produced it produced it you can find that at, on her Instagram five short very short episodes all about girls and their their uh, their day jobs going through it that's, struggling that's amazing yeah so it was a, a wonderful experience so like a lot of this week was like prepping for that like making little like shorts for the social media totally. and it all and and everything so so that was very fun that's very fun yeah are we ready to jump into i assume the biggest news for you for the week the oh. year of all time absolutely let me pull up the oscar nominations as well so yes the oscar nominations came out um and you know i feel like there was a lot of discussion around who got snubbed who did not uh the big best film nominees are american fiction which i was just talking about anatomy of a fall barbie the holdovers killers of the flower moon maestro oppenheimer past lives poor things the zone of interest uh best director did not include uh greta gerwig did it oh, i didn't hear that at all no one talked about that uh, there was no there was a lot of discussion i mean and again a lot of these films like barbie got a lot of nominations it got eight, yeah ryan gosling was nominated america ferrera mm-hmm. was nominated but the first thing I saw when I woke up that day was people being fucking furious about the fact that Greta Gerwig did not get in for Best Director and uh, that Margot Robbie did not get in for uh, Leading Actress. How did you feel about that? I Well, first of all, I want to say the Best Picture lineup is Excellent. Wow. It was kind of a, a, the predicted best picture lineup. It matched the uh, PGA awards exactly, which people kind of predicted. But okay. the fact that there are two um, uh, foreign films in the best picture race and the best director race is really amazing. The That's best exciting. director lineup is a banger. Like the fact that there are two uh, uh, uh Foreign films and best directors, amazing. I will say the director's branch has sort of expanded and include more foreign members. Awesome. So the director's branch in the past couple of years has been more friendly for to foreign films and everything, which I think is wonderful. We love expanding the interests and everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the whole Barbie of it all. Yes. 
I just wanted everyone to log off the internet <laughs> for five seconds, take a deep breath. Mm. And it's so funny to see, because, you know, for years as a person who follows the Oscars, you know, religiously, um, I, every single year, like my favorite movie doesn't get in the best picture race or something I really want to get nominated right. doesn't get nominated. Like Fantasia didn't get nominated, which was upsetting. Which was, is upsetting. Yeah. Like I was, I was bummed. Yes. Um, but I guess like now that there's like this huge blockbuster, because you know the past, you know however many decades, people were like, oh, they don't nominate big blockbusters anymore. Right. Well, now that like a big blockbuster ha- was in the Oscars race and did not get a couple, a couple, I stress a couple, <laughs> it did not get a couple nominations that like it, it didn't like wasn't like a front runner for to begin with. The fact that that happened, people are now just like, wait, why didn't? it get every single nomination mm. for every single aspect of this movie. Mm-hmm. And they're so shocked by it. And it's like, babe, welcome to the Oscars <laughs> to be an Oscars fan. It means you just live in perpetual disappointment. <laughs> like I will forever be upset. Florida project did not get in for best picture mm. or the farewell in 2019 or tick, tick boom in 2021. But you know what? I went on my merry way. Right. And look at me. I'm a happy flourishing individual flourishing. <laughs> I'll give you is, flourishing. Is a, is a reach. I'll give you flourishing. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. But I'm still a happy flourishing individual. Greta Gerwig still got an Oscar nomination for, for screenplay. Which is exciting. And I think also producer. Yes. Um, Margot Robbie still got a nomination for producer. And that is amazing. Yes. I'm sure they are thrilled about that. And right. the thing is, like, Margot Robbie, it was always, it was never, like, predicted that she was, like, a lock to get nominated for mm. Best Actress. Right. Like, if you've been following these awards this whole time. Um but still, she she got in for Best Producer, and I'm sure that's something she's very, very proud of, especially because, look, as someone who has produced a feature film mm-hmm. and as someone who has starred in a feature film, I can tell you which one of those jobs requires more work. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Oh, my God. So, like, she should be incredibly proud of her Best Picture nomination. Absolutely. Because she worked... Because that movie was brilliantly produced. Yes. And yes, brilliantly acted. The performance... Is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was a very crowded year for best actress. Right. What can you do? I appreciated that Ryan Gosling and America Ferrera like went public discussing their disappointment and the fact that Greta Gerwig and uh Margot Robbie were not nominated in those respective categories. Because it's like, of course, this is their film. They want uh, you know, everyone to be recognized and they know how much the fact that they were the heart and soul of the film. They want to be them to be recognized as much as they can. That's what a good coworker colleague would do when they've done such a great job. I did have a question about one of your friends. Uh-huh. So Miss Hillary Clinton. Yeah. She jumped in and she, I guess, tweeted and also put on her Instagram, Greta and Margot, while it can sting to win the box office but not take home the gold, your millions of fans love you. You're both so much more than Knuff. Hashtag Hillary Barbie. As someone who just said... Some people were doing a little too much. <laughs> Would you put, you know, Madame Secretary, Hillary Rodham Clinton in that category? Well, like, listen, I imagine it was an intern who wrote that. Who <laughs> was like, oh, we got to tweet something about this. Yes. Everyone is tweeting about it. But second of all, I don't think that is doing, t- I think it, it wasn't, It she didn't need to say anything yes. like that. Um, but the fact that she wasn't like, like, you should have gotten a nomination. <laughs> Right. Like, I, I I think the statement she said is fine. Just being like, you know, everyone's talking about this. It, it's okay. I think She's I, you, telling us it was okay. And I'm not one to say that every politician only needs to talk about politics. But I do. I follow Hillary on, on uh, Twitter. She doesn't talk about a lot of about a lot of entertainment things. It did feel like a little left of center <laughs> for normal posts. I know you're a stan. But I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, wh- why? It was very much like, wait, okay, it was, sure. It was just a little, a little odd. You're not going to give it odd? <laughs> I guess it was odd, but it like I odd. didn't. I honestly didn't think about it that much because it wasn't like it wasn't like being like, oh, th- they were robbed. Right. Screw all these other people who right. really like got these deserved nominations. But it also you know? felt like we're making a connection between like Hillary, you know, obviously losing the presidency while winning the popular vote, and it oh, just sure. feels sure. like we're making a leap, and that there are a lot. There's a lot going on in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just it it felt a little odd to me. As a, you know, a fan from afar. I, the thing that was frustrating to me is like the argument of just like, oh, well, how dare Ryan Gosling get this nomination and Margot Robbie doesn't. Doesn't that just speak volumes and everything? And it's kind of like, guys, first of all, they were not competing in the same category. 
Like they were not each other's competition in right. terms of nominations. Second of all, let's not pretend that back in July, most of the reviews weren't saying that Ryan Gosling stole the show. Mm. Like he was the most praised performance in that movie critically. Right. Like he was the character everyone was talking about, you know? So like, and not to say like, obviously Margot Robbie was excellent as well. She got amazing reviews as well, but Ryan Gosling in a lot of reviews was touted as the performance in the movie, mm. you know? So, and whether you agree with that or not, like, you can think however you want. Right. But like, let's not pretend that that didn't happen in July. Yeah. You know, um, but you know, other nominations were great. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I will say, I am very sad that, uh, Charles Melton did not get a nomination for mm. May, December. Um, it did get nominated for best screenplay though. Um, Best Actress in a Leading Role, Annette Benning for Nyad, she got in. Uh, Lily Gladstone, Kills of the Flower Moon. Sandra Hewler for Anatomy of a Fall. Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, and Emma Stone, Poor Things. I don't know. I, I think it's, I don't think there were any like super insanely shocking um, nominations this year, except like a little bit Charles Melton, mm. but it was since he like missed out on BAFTA and missed out on SAG, it was a little predicted that he could uh, not get nominated. Right. I will say um, Killers of the Flower Moon not getting in for screenplay is a little shocking. Mm. Um, uh, Zone of Interest not getting in for score was, you know, upsetting to me because oh. I thought that score was wonderful. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it was like the most insanely shocking batch of Oscar uh, nomination. Were you sad that Zach didn't get nominated, or were you thinking there was no way he was? I mean, nominated? he was fantastic. Right. I, I when I would say the very, it's interesting, like because the very, very beginning of the year, mm -hmm. like everyone was talking about Iron Claw, Iron Claw, Iron Claw, and yeah. I was like, oh, he could very well get nominated here, and then suddenly people kind of stopped talking oh, about it. Like the buzz kind of like died very quickly for it. So I was like, oh, I, I, I guess he, the buzz and ha being able to like chart that kind of thing it's and weird. how important it is it's so odd to me yeah and like you can feel it like in the ether mm. like you can feel it amongst like how people are talking online like what people are saying in the news how uh, awards bodies vote like right. like it, it was kind of like the buzz for Zach was kind of lost like after SAG came out and mm. like those nominations came out and then after the BAFTA nominations came out so it's it's all very interesting it's very fascinating I love the Oscars and guys like <laughs> At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's just it's just like a cool thing yes. to track. Who gets it? it? It I like seeing like the aspect of like what the public thinks at a, a given time because like a best picture winner of one year wouldn't necessarily win the best picture like 10 years later, mm. you know, cause public perceptions change, opinions change, like, um, aesthetics change, right. you know? So that's the stuff I love about the Oscars and why it's, right. it's so fun to, to follow. Okay. I guess we'll see it. You guys in March when we discuss who won March 10th, March 10th yes. coming up sooner than we yeah. think. Yeah. I mean, Oppenheimer's winning almost everything. <laughs> Spoiler okay. alert, guys. And I still won't watch it. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how y'all feel about that. Um, the other big story happened over this weekend. Because on Friday, Megan Thee Stallion released a new song. Uh, it was entitled Hiss, a follow-up to her single Cobra. And by the way, just so we're all clear, now that Megan is off her label that she kept, like, basically suing to try to get out of this label she signed to when she was, like, a very small indie artist. She felt like it was an unfair contract. Uh, she's now like on her own record labels. Like, so everyone knows the fact that this, his song has become such a major like success already. It is looking to debut in the top 10 of the billboard hot 100 completely solo, not a collab with Cardi. It's like pretty incredible. Yeah. The success of this song. And like, I must say I not being the hugest rap listener all the time, Cannot stop listening to it. All right. Like, this is a the diss track of that, like, we needed from her. And it's like, she has so quietly been going through it with all this Tory Lane shit and all the people that have publicly been supporting him. And, like, I think her ex-boyfriend party, like, came out and, like, talked a bunch of shit about her. And, like, he had some sort of diss record about her. And it's like, not to be ageist, but this is a person who has not rapped and is in his 40s. And it's like, babe, you could write a journal. <laughs> Again, send an email to yourself is always my advice. But of, she's talking about basically everyone who has talked shit about her in this past time. There is uh, party is discussed. Drake is discussed in very funny ways of like, <laughs> you always talk shit about BBLs, but you have the same scars. Like you've had surgery yourself, sir. So like, don't come for me. Like, don't dis like disparage me in your songs. Pretty great. She talks shit about Tory Lanez, of course, and is like, if people are so like obsessed with like what's he's what he's doing, maybe you guys should just have a conjugal visit with him because he's in fucking jail for shooting me, which he fucking did. And then lastly, it comes up. She doesn't, again, doesn't name any names in this diss track, but she makes allusion 
to Nicki Minaj. And she Nicki meant. Minaj has supported Tory Lanez. In, is, Nicki Minaj happened? Okay. Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion collaborated on Hot Girl Summer, I believe, back in 2019. Okay. They were friends. They were friendly. Uh, but when Megan collaborated with Cardi B on WAP. Oh, and Nicki was upset. Anytime she feels like someone is collaborating with someone she doesn't like, it is a personal front. And so they have not been close since then. They've never directly addressed each other until this song has come out. And basically, let me get the quote. Megan says, uh, these hoes be, don't be mad at me. These hoes mad at Megan's law, referring to the statue mandated in all states that gives the public information about registered sex offenders. Nikki famously is married to someone on that list. Uh, and I think her brother also has sexual assault allegations. So she's just for the first time being like, you have been rude to me for years now and I'm going to come out and say it. And there's like a lot of history of like battle rapping. Like this is what one does when like heat is thrown at them is you put it into a fucking song. You make music about it. That is the way to go about it. As soon as this song is released, Nikki goes on Instagram live, like starts playing the beginning of a song that like is anti Megan in which she talks shit about her getting shot in the foot says quote bad bitch acts uh, she like six foot I call her big foot the bitch fell off I said get up on your good foot which is like so the diss is that she did get shot but all of the people who hate her think she made uh, that whole thing up and that Tori never shot her like so what is the real story here uh, she has gone on liking hundreds of tweets that are anti Megan the Stallion she has um, said like written essays and essays on her Twitter and about how she's a pathological liar and a horrible actor and manipulative and talking shit about like Megan's mother passed away recently and Mm. she's taken shots at she's like conjure up your dead mother XYZ which is like okay this is fucking bullshit like A if you had stayed silent because now Nikki is of course putting out a song entitled Bigfoot and it comes out I believe tonight and if she had not responded anything on social media media and just put up the cover of this single, then even though I think the foot thing is kind of weak, it's like, okay, so Megan's tall? Like, is that the diss? Like, it's kind of weak. Oh, but- I interpreted it as, like, her foot is swollen no. from, like, being injured. No, she's, she's like, six foot, meaning, like, oh, I'm petite and small and ladylike, and she's tall and, like, manly, I think, is the assumption. She's also, like, now Instagram storied, like, a picture of, like, an ape in Gag City with her foot like wrapped up it's just like gross low level disgusting shit that's not even like let me take my talents and respond to this in ways that are maybe even like below board but at least i'm using like it's in the context of making music so it's fine sure and the fact that Nicki minaj is as successful as she is and has been for years on years the basically the only female rapper around the fact that there's Lotto there's Cardi B there's now Megan any person who comes up and finds like a lane for themselves as a female rapper is somehow some way going to get turned on by Nicki Minaj like give Ice Spice a couple of years this will be happening to her like and again my whole thing is if you had just made a song about it I probably would be like well that's that it's what happens like this is a part of hip hop but to be doing all this shit on social media to be so angry to come after this woman relentlessly over the past two days a your song's not even out girl so you're just promoting her song Mm -hmm. and b like could you be like more of an adult like why are you still this insecure what was that question (laughs) you're you're asking that to Nicki Minaj like I I mean guys pick me up off the floor Nicki Minaj isn't nice like (laughs) Everybody is so shocked about this. I'm just like, yeah, I, <laughs> like, this sounds about right. I know that she is not a nice person, but I just assumed like at some point you must be comfortable in your legendness, sure. right? Like yeah. she's been doing this for so long. Like I, I don't, ima- I just don't understand the idea as to why this is like, why this is her way of dealing with this. I guess in fairness, I should listen to her song as well, but it's like, Megan has been through so fucking much. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that you have to go in on her relentlessly referencing her like traumatizing event, like referencing her mother passing away. Like it's just, it's just gross and it really is upsetting. And now of course the barbs are involved and like doxing people on the internet who like talk against Nicki Minaj. 
So it's just, it's like not fun. It's not fun. It's not cool. It's upsetting. And the fact, and I mean, I will say this, people are talking like, oh, Matt's only on like anti-Nikki because of Mariah. Not only, but partially. <laughs> and I will say one pro, one silver lining around this is anytime uh, Nikki gets in a feud with a rapper girl, which happens pretty much every fucking day. Sure. <laughs> It's like, oh, someone new from Mariah to collaborate with. Like, the, the diss track uh, hiss begins with, like, uh, people, like, I guess I feel like Mariah Carey because these hoes are so obsessed or something. And it's like, yes, I understand the fact that Mariah was always right about this person. It just honestly would be cool to see some evolution from Nikki. The next time a young artist, like, female rapper comes up, you don't have to turn against them. Like, you don't have to discredit them, even if they work with someone you don't like. Like, Lotto has worked with Christina Aguilera. You don't see Mariah hopping on the internet being like, that girl was a bitch to me at my Grammy party in 06. Like, she's like, do what you want to do. I Like, we work together. We are friendly. That is your life. Like, she's not cutting people off for working with J-Lo. She's just like, oh, well, I won't be working with J-Lo. And best of luck to all of you. Sure. It just is... This is all upsetting, and I just wish Nikki, at this point in her career and her life, was more secure in her artistry, sure. because that would be beautiful to see. I mean, you know who was secure? Oh. Anna Wintour. Speaking of rap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I always think, it like, I don't know, it happened, like, what, six months ago, when, like, um, what's uh, Billy uh, Porter, Porter referred to her, like, was very, like, nasty about her, like, in an interview, and, like, referred to her as, like, that bitch or whatever. Yes. Anna Wintour said nothing. She was just like, oh uninvited to the Met Gala. <laughs> like, like just quietly taking him off the list. And right. it's kind of like, maybe Nikki could try that form of battle. Right. I get it, like, in, like, the hip-hop world, like, you gotta put out a song, it's, like, the, the tradition, like, how it works and everything. But, like, maybe try a new thing, Nikki. Mm. Like, try a little something like that. Something a little subtle. I know that, like, Nicki Minaj and subtle don't go <laughs> hand in hand. But, like, and girl, I get it, like, me neither. But, like... <laughs> But, you know, maybe, like, try that and then, like, more people will be on your side and people won't always be so angry and frustrated at you and the barbs won't always be going back. Like, I mean, because those barbs, they are in the trenches they fighting are. for you. Yes. And give them, a, give the barbs a break. I've, okay? Yes, the barbs, the barbs need a break. break. And it's like, again, as a person who has stand an artist for a long, long time. I will never be going out of my way to engage with or interact with people that I do not know who dislike my fave because it's like, oh, well, you're wrong. <laughs> sure. Like, why would I waste my breath, waste my energy? Like, wrong. So I, it just is gross that this is all happening, but I do recommend that we all listen to Hiss because it's a fucking try. All right. It is like, a great, listen great to his. song. How did you, do you think Bigfoot's going to be good? Because like, I, we just, we, I was so shocked that it's like, oh, we just made this song in about 24 hours. I think she probably had a version of this song before, like just in case. Okay. Um, and, and, and she just adds, tweaked some lyrics. Right. Probably okay. tweaked some lyrics. Right. Uh, my request for Nikki is just like, stay off social media. Right. Sure. Like, if you want to respond via your music, I think that's a beautiful way to respond. But the social media Media stuff yeah. is Nick, what feels Nick Minaj, well. stay off social media. People who only saw Barbie this year, stay <laughs> off social media. <laughs> there was just too much happening on social media this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Or this year, this week. I mean, but yes, essentially this year, and we're still in January. I know, that's true. Literally, it's, this week is this entire year, practically. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so next up in the pop music world, Dua Lipa has announced her second single, Training Season. Um, it is going to be out February 15th. I have not listened to a, stip, uh, to a snippet. Because, you know, we're going to be reacting to this yeah, live. We're journalists. We like to get the full experience. But, I mean, I realized before the podcast was recording, we were having justice for a lot of things. But justice for Houdini. Yeah, Houdini's Houdini's great. Houdini's good. Yeah. And I feel like the, the prevailing theory that I hear from the ether about Houdini is essentially like Dance the Night is going through all of these like film nominations for like songs, best song. It didn't get nominated at the Oscars. It didn't get nominated at the Oscars. Uh, But it got nominated at a few other award shows. And so, and it's also still big on the radio. Mm -hmm. I assume like very, you know, people that aren't into pop music probably think that Dua Lipa's latest single is Dance the Night. Mm -hmm. And so Houdini coming out around this is probably confusing or like it's just not getting the radio play it deserves. But that song is great. The video is great. Guys, Houdini is far better than Dance the Night. (laughs) Hello? These <laughs> like, are facts. And Dance the Night's a cute girl. She's a cute She's girl. Cute. 
but Houdini's really, really great. And I'm excited about this single training yes. season. I love the cover. I love that picture for some I reason. Too. Her hanging on the pole and like taking the the um the Matt Palmer method uh in, from 2005, just hang up a sheet in the background. <laughs> hang up the a way. sheet. That's I, the I only love way. how you can tell it's just like a random little like white bed sheet or something. Like I for some reason I really love that I'm like that, that could be an album cover. I would be a I think great, it's cool. It would be a very cool album cover. And I like how um this era sort of it's very much like tying into, yes, I'm Dua Lipa. I still do like dance music and everything, but we're really not, we're really like moving away from the disco-ness. Yes. And, and I don't really know how to describe this next one. It's a little like grittier and a little like, like sweatier and just like the pole. It's a little more like industrial, it seems like yeah. visually. Yes. So I'm kind of liking that. It feels like a natural progression into a new era. So it right. still feels like Dua Lipa, but just a little change. Yes, it is a little bit of a change. I'm excited for it. And I'm excited for her to tell us what the album release date is. We know that Ariana is coming March 8th. When are you coming, Dua? We got to get you on the schedule. You know, yeah. I like to have a schedule on my like phone of like when we're going to be reacting to the girls yeah. and absolutely we'll be reacting to Dua. She has not steered us wrong yet. And I have faith that this album's going to be excellent. All right. As, as much as she says, it's got a lot of psychedelic influence, which always makes me nervous. Okay. I think it's going to be great. Okay. And I'm ready for it. Um, you see that John Stewart is going to be back at the Daily Show only temporarily mm-hmm. through the uh, 2024 election. He's agreed to return on Monday nights between now and the 2024 election. I mean, that's awesome because yes. I bet you they're paying him quite a bit. Oh, oh, <laughs> like I imagine he's absolutely. I, they were probably like John, just like come back just for a little please. bit, please. And he's probably just like, well, I'll you can work that out right. with my lawyer. And it's his show got canceled or like ended on Apple TV Plus or whatever, so he was suddenly available. They still have not found a permanent host to replace Trevor Noah. We could do it. I don't know that we could. <laughs> I don't uh, know. It's like a very specific kind yeah, of stand up. We could and learn like, real quick. I don't want to try. And plus we'll have a team of writers behind Sure. Them. Like, come on. Maybe we could be the people like, you know, wasn't Stephen Colbert like, oh, he was like a person that Jon Stewart would cut to and then he'd be like in the field for like some phone news. Sure. Let's do that. Oh, we could do that. I don't want to host the whole Little thing. Little gay reporters. If there's, I mean, not to spoil for uh, Drag Race people, but if there's anything um, that Drag Race taught me over this past episode... Being the host is tough. Being a host is tough. Being a host is tough. Uh, the thing is, like, being a reporter for The Daily Show is probably stressful. Because oh. like, we would have to be, like, going into, like, a Trump rally and interviewing people. Right. And like, we'd we, have to, like, be so knowledgeable and be not be just knowledgeable. Yeah. We'll be able to be, like, how do I make this horrible thing funny? And, like, <laughs> I haven't even listened to Hiss yet. Like, I'm behind. <laughs> I know you're on, behind. I'm behind on so much. It's true. I can't then follow, like, all the I, – I follow enough political jargon to know, like, what's going on enough yes. to make a good decision – to vote. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, did you see that Trump has been ordered to pay $83 million in damages in the New York defamation case? I did see that. We love that. Apparently, um, this a New York jury has found Donald Trump liable for the defamatory comments he made about E. Jean Carroll, calling her a liar and suggesting a sexual encounter with her was impossible because she was not his type. It took a jury of seven men and two women less than three hours to reach a verdict on Friday afternoon, and he has been ordered to pay Carroll $83.3 million. I love good news. Ooh, e. Jean is having a great day. Absolutely she is. And it's like, I know we're ramping up to another election year. As much as we can empty those pockets that like you idiots gave to him, <laughs> the better. Okay. Like yeah. I want everyone's suits to go through to finish. And that would be a lovely thing for that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, I, I am happy to spread good news. And apparently this week, like the stock market is at like a record high of some sort. Something yeah. like historic happens. Yes. Like, oh, fucking great. Yes. yes. Vote for Joe Biden. He's amazing. <laughs> Vote for Joe Biden. Absolutely. Um, did we see that uh, Britney Spears is selfish top of the charts on iTunes? And yes, was I just saying before the podcast that iTunes charts are meaningless at this point? Sure. But I like that the little Britney fans came together, saw that Justin Timberlake was releasing a new single entitled Selfish. And it's like, ah, I know someone who has a song with that title and pushed it to number one on iTunes. I love these harmless little like pop girly stand like battles that we have as fans. Yes. It's like, you know what? We're going to we're going to buy Britney's song like a bunch of times yes. and that way it'll get to number one. This song that came out over 10 years ago. Absolutely. Like, we're going to do it and everything. Yes. I think maybe Nikki should like take a, a, a note from that. Like maybe do something a little more like that. Yeah. To, like, I, it's get like, that, like as opposed to, you know. If, yes. I think this is definitely 
a, a more productive use of time and energy of Stan culture versus the Barb stoxing people who yeah. speak out against Nikki. Uh, so yes, if you want to put a, a Nicki Minaj song from 2012 on number one on the iTunes charts, more power. Oh, how to be you. stupid hoe. Stupid hoe was great. Even it's though great. again, Will Kim, another one on the list of female rappers that she's beefed with. Okay, we got to move on. <laughs> um, the Wicked movies have wrapped filming. Love it. Yes. Congratulations. So we believe it's coming in November 2022. I'm excited. I love the fact that it's not happening on Christmas Day so that we can be here to really mm-hmm. discuss. Now that we're movie reviewers, we all saw yeah. the Mean Girls review. We saw the Renaissance film review. Yeah. We're film reviewers. Next, we're going to do the Zone of Interest review. Me I, and Matt Palmer. I don't foresee that. Oh, <laughs> I don't foresee that. I also loved the images they shared on the, the Wicked pages. Yes. Like the the black and white, like behind, because it, this, the, you know, studio, you know, it looked like a old like 1930s like grainy like it had that sort of like feel of like maybe behind the scenes shoots of like the 1939 Wizard of Oz you know it gave it that sort of nostalgic look as well so I think that was really well done Mm. so like marketing team whatever you're doing with this keep going like that's a nice that's a nice touch that y'all gave to the the Wicked movie pictures I also saw a very funny tweet that was like a picture that was a uh, silhouette of Spongebob and it was like Ethan Slater has wrapped hysterical I love it on the Wicked movie made me very happy. You know, and sometimes Twitter's good. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes Twitter is good. Okay, what else is happening that we want to discuss? Oh, the Chiefs, we discussed how Travis Kelsey won and they're headed to the Super Bowl. Apparently, I believe the 49ers, if I am to, um, you know, believe what's happening in the live chat, the 49ers are going to be going up against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. So congratulations to the Swifties, the Chiefs fans, and the fans of the 49ers. Congratulations to everyone. All the players of the NFL, you all did a good job. Yes. You all worked hard. Yes. And even though you didn't get the nomination... <laughs> Your work is still worthy. Yes. Hashtag Hillary NFL. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's it as far as the news for idiots goes. Do um, you have anything else you'd like to share with the people? I mean, it was Oscar nominations week, so I could talk for two hours, but I won't. Because, you know, y'all have stuff to do. You don't want to listen to two game ads for that amount of time. Some people do. Some people do. But, you know, hey, we, we have to take a break. That's true. We're going to take a quick break and then be back with more 2 Game Mats, the podcast. All right, guys. We asked the live chat if they had any questions for us for Email My Heart and they sent us a whole bunch. We yeah. don't know which ones we're going to answer. We don't. Who knows? But Matt Palmer, give, yes. us, give us the commercial first. Guys, thank you guys so much for listening or watching the podcast. It means so much to us. If you enjoy it, make sure to go to your Apple podcast or your Spotify. Give us a five-star rating or review. We do only accept five stars. It helps so much with the algorithms in both apps. We want this podcast to reach as many eyes and ears as possible so thank you for being a part of that also if you really love us go to patreon.com slash two game mats where you get extra bonus content from us you can join the discord chat with a bunch of friends you haven't met yet and we were just saying for the ten dollar and up tiers we're gonna have a new chatty Cathy's episode where we really discuss this season of traders in depth so far that's coming this week i think you're gonna love it yeah yeah i agree so guys this is email my heart this is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have you can be a part of email my heart if you email us at two game mats at gmail.com. Don't forget, two is spelled T-W-O. So we got a bunch of questions, <laughs> mostly from people in the chat. Yes. Actually, all from people in the chat. Um, the first one from Eurocheese about the Oscars again, which I was very excited to answer. Uh, wants to know my preferred winner in a bunch of the categories. <laughs> um, if you've been listening to the podcast for quite a while, you would know that my favorite movie of the year is Past Lives. I want Past Lives to win everything. It can't win everything because it's only nominated for what? Two. It's nominated <laughs> for Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay. I think it does stand a chance. It, it, it doesn't have zero chance of winning Best Original Screenplay. I think maybe it could. Uh, I think The Holdovers is probably its biggest competition, which like I can't be mad about. The Holdovers is an excellent screenplay, an excellent movie. So, But Past Lives has my heart. Um, for Best Director, Christopher Nolan is absolutely 100% winning which like I cannot be mad at that Mm. because he directed the fuck out of the movie that like he did such an amazing job with that movie but I will say my personal choice like the zone of interest Jonathan Mm. Glazer's direction of the zone of interest is so impressive I was just blown away by the zone of interest so I I really hope zone of interest um, uh, wins best sound that is what okay. I want at the op- That's like the random award that I am <laughs> that like you- looking forward to because I'm like, this needs to win best sound. It'll probably be Oppenheimer, which like isn't undeserved. Right. But like Zone of Interest winning best sound would be an all-timer great win. Just mm. the way the movie uses sound in the background throughout the entire movie would just be amazing. 
other like below the line stuff like cinematography. Um, I would love it if Maestro won cinematography. The cinematography of Maestro is is so fantastic. Um, uh, as far as acting wins go, I, oh oh god, I'm kind of like. I honestly don't even know like what I'm voting for in the SAG awards yet. Right. Like what my favorite, I mean, I, Dave, I enjoy joy Randolph is the front runner for supporting actress. And for that, I, I absolutely support that. Like, I think like that performance was really, really great. Robert Downey Jr. Is the front runner for supporting actor. Um, and I'm, I'm totally down for that. Um, I mean, I, I did love Ryan Gosling as well. Sorry to the the Barb's online who are. Those, <laughs> I was gonna say, are they Barb's it, too? I find it interesting. Like it's kind of like online. It was very much the Barb's and the Barb's. Yes. Who were making a lot of noise. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I would title this up that, but I don't want that kind of attention. So oh I'll have to yeah. Think of we don't. Something else. We don't want to get doxxed. We guys. don't. Um, <laughs> Uh yeah, what about you, Matt Palmer? As far as who should win? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I um I don't think I've watched enough of the films to really give a good feedback fair, there. But someone, fair. I believe it was Lauren. If it was not you, uh, I apologize for misappropriating your question. But I was asked if I was to list in order the most and the least likely Best Picture nominees that I will see. What would it be? So I've done that over here. Okay. I have already seen American Fiction and Barbie, so they're in their own category over there. I will absolutely be under the. I will absolutely see category. I will absolutely see past lives. Yes. I've heard so many good things. Like just reading about what it's about, the longing, a relationship, the past and the future. It feels like up my alley. Sure. Right? Like I feel like I'm going to love that. The holdovers, I will absolutely see. You'll love the holdovers. I love the trailer. I think it just seems like it has a lot of heart. I want to see what Dave Vine does to win all these awards over freaking um, you know, Daniel Brooks, who oh. I thought was so excellent in the color purple. Excellent. Yeah. I want to see that performance absolutely. These two are maybes, and I, I, Matt Steele just said, I think you would like Anatomy of a Fall. I don't know much about it, but I'm yeah. trusting Matt Steele at this she, very moment. Sandra Hewler is so fucking good in it. Okay. And you would be like, yes, get her. Okay. Or get him. <laughs> get yes, him. Get him. Okay, so, well, that is going to be number one in my maybe list. Number two in my maybe list is Killers of the Flower Moon. I do want to see Lily Gladstone. She's won so many precursor awards. She's and great. Is, you know, one of the front runners in her category. So I'd love to see her performance. And... I do worry it's a bit sad, and I feel like I don't need to see Leonardo DiCaprio in anything. Sorry. And, you know. He's excellent. Okay, good. He's great in it, and actually. I just don't know. And also, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a Scorsese film that, like, is for me and, like, I really love, and I don't know if there is one. Uh, kill, Killers, I will warn you, is a little graphic. Okay. There's a, there are uh, body parts Okay. that are, you know. Okay. Up a, a detached from the body. Yeah. Certain parts. So you might want to close your eyes okay. for stuff like that. You're not into that. I'm not. Um, so you know, just warning you in advance for that. Okay. Yeah. Um the and the not likely, but you never know category. Mm -hmm. We have poor things. Okay. Which I am interested in. I love Emma Stone. I'm curious about it. Just from what I hear of the plot and the story, it seems very intense and odd in a way that I don't know that I'm going to enjoy, um, but we'll see. And then in the absolutely not categories, I will never, ever see Maestro, Oppenheimer, or The Zone of Interest. Listen. Absolutely not. <laughs> not interested. Like, Maestro seems very boring. I don't like Bradley Cooper <sighs> in general. Thrilling. It's thrilling. And, like, what I'm hearing of the storyline feels like very, like, okay, yes, and, to quote <laughs> Ariana, Oppenheimer, who has that much time, and <laughs> The Zone of Interest just seems very sad. Very, like... Very, very, very like heartbreakingly sad. It's and disturbing. I, and it's disturbing. disturbing. And I yeah. I don't want to be disturbed. That was a the a hardcore band back in the day, disturbed. And I didn't mm. like them either. Okay. You know? He doesn't disturbed is not a, a feeling that Matt Palmer wants to feel. It is not. Listen. And you know what? As the the maestro stan mm. of the world right now. Yes. <laughs> I recommend Maestro to everyone. I okay. just want to reiterate that. Okay. People are being so hard on Maestro and it's like crazy to me. Okay. I'm I mean, like, guys, calm down. I do believe it can be overhated, but it's not overhated enough for me to want to watch it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. <All laughs> That's right. where I am. Okay, fair. We also got some other questions. We did. Uh, uh, someone asked if we could imagine any guests for Usher. I could see, and that was Nicholas. Thank you, Nicholas, for the question. I could see no guests. I do believe Alicia Keys would be cool if Alicia Keys came out. Um, and then I saw a rumor of some artist that was like a female R&B artist that wasn't someone he'd collaborated with before, but that I was excited about. I don't, they're not coming to mind right now. Mm -hmm. um, but I've, I would want to see a lady, you know, and maybe just because it's, you know, it's us. We love ladies. <laughs> we love ladies. Uh, and I, I'd want to see an R&B lady who's had big moments. I mean, honestly, and I'm, you know, I love to dream if Mariah popped out. 
If they didn't sing How Much together, because I never want to hear that. Okay. <laughs> but if she just popped out, did some Emancipation songs, because, you know, Jermaine Dupri and uh, Usher did Confessions together, and then Jermaine Dupri and Mariah did uh, Emancipation together. So if we had, like, a little Emancipation medley, and then Mariah went back into the ground <laughs> or wherever. Okay. That would be iconic. Yeah, that's all she's going to do. She's going to z- zoom up and then yes. zoom down. She's not going to walk off the whatever platform she's on. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and someone else also asked who are like dream cast members for uh, uh oh. Traders 3. Yes. Asking me about like Big Brother people yes. and um Survivor people. Mm-hmm. Uh I would say as far as Big Brother guests, I would kill to see either from this past season, Izzy or Felicia, like, please, mm. please put them on traders. Please like Felicia on traders would just be so much fun. Right. Izzy, like Izzy did not get a good enough edit on big brother 25 because on the feeds, she was gaming so hard. She was so entertaining and the, the edited show just like paid her dust. So I would love to see Izzy and Felicia. Oh, I would also love to see, and this wouldn't happen, but June from season four mm. would be so amazing on traders. Did she win? She won season oh. four. Obviously like Andy from big brother 15, I think would be so funny on traders. Yeah. Uh, I think he would really shine as far as survivor players. Y'all know I'm a little, Stan from Survivor Pearl Islands. I want her. Do people agree with that? No. Do people? St- <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, do people stand Lynn? I think people are very much like, oh, Lil, what a fun character and everything. But like, I thought Lil was a great player on Survivor. Okay. And I want to see her in a trader setting. I mean, like, this was 20 years ago. She was right. on Survivor. So, you know. Um, but I would, I, I forever stand Lil. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, for me, I'm going to come from, obviously, the Bravo perspective. I think it is wild, honestly, that no one from Vanderpump Rules has been on the show yet because that is, like, one of the flagship shows of Bravo at this point. I could see, you know, obviously, Stassi's not on the show anymore, but I think she would do very well mm-hmm. on Traders, and, like, she wouldn't have to be away from her family for so long, so maybe she'd actually do it. Um, I mean, and I feel like, again, someone who's not on the show anymore, but would be interesting is if they got Raquel. Okay. <laughs> that would be... And it's like, do we want to be giving... The thing is, I weirdly would rather give Raquel money than Tom Sandoval, who's making so much money coming back to Vanderpump. So give Raquel a little moment. She would not be good, but it'd be fun to see her. Um, We'll talk about this a bit more later, but they need to get Monica Garcia from Housewives of Salt Lake City onto that show. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then obviously uh, Miss Lisa Vanderpump herself. Because the thing that makes Phaedra so good on the show is they're... You know, as much as she's lovable and she's funny, she's also conniving and a snake. (laughs) And I love LVP. I literally have gone up for her show for a decade. But she's conniving and a snake. You know, like she is good at the game part of Housewives in a way that not everyone is. So she, I think, would be great on The Traders. Okay. Okay. That's the cast of The Traders next season. Yes. I mean, there's a ton of other Big Brother people who I could absolutely have named, but um, I I won't. Okay, but I won't. (laughs) Um, So, okay, do you have a uh, two... Game minutes? I don't have a two game minutes, do you? I do, but again, much like last week, it's kind of combined with my give me moments. Okay. Guys, uh, this is two game minutes. Yes, yeah, slash give me moments. Slash give me moments. This is the section, two game minutes is the section of the podcast where one of the mats rambles on about something the other mat doesn't give a shit about for two minutes and two minutes exactly. Except yes. this, we're combining it again with <laughs> Matt Palmer's giving me moments. Because they are one and the same. With it, because they are one and the same. Yes. Do you want me to time you? I think last week yeah, I timed you. I do you time just me. Like Why not? Fun. Why not? I, we love I, fun. I have a phone. <laughs> yes. I have a phone might as well put it to good use and lord knows i'm not using the stopwatch for anything exercise related (laughs) so let's use it for this exercise your mouth matt palmer i will three two go so this is going to contain spoilers for the real housewives of salt lake city season four uh finale reunion finale whatever um, so if you are, some people I know in the Discord are rewatching the show out because of all that I've talked about it. And so if you don't know what happens at the end of the reunion or what happens as far as casting for the following season, do not listen to this. Okay. So we're hours before the third part of the reunion. And people are like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, is Monica coming back? Is she not coming back? We're two episodes in. Monica's not doing great at the reunions. Like, in my hopeful opinion, I wanted her to come in a little bit more apologetic, a little bit more hands. Like, I did do this. I should have told you, and I'm really sorry. But even though we haven't gotten to the reality Von Teese discussion, she's so aggressive. All of her barbs are like, you're ugly. You're dumb. Like, you have Donald Trump hands. Like, it's just kind of low base arguments that's, like, not looking good when it's her against the rest of the cast. Um, So I 
was wondering if she was going to come back. I had gone back and forth. I'd waffled. But I landed with you and with other people I talked about this show to where I was like, I think she should come back. I think there's much like Scandaval, there's just too much too many unanswered questions about this and leaving now would feel like such a missed opportunity. Also, during the reunion, the only thing Monica had going for her is she was the subject of the reunion for 50% of it and mm. every time we talked about someone else, it was boring as shit. <laughs> like, it was just like, so, like, Heather and, like, uh, Meredith XYZ happened and they showed a video of Meredith bringing the butter she churned on the show to a restaurant and it's like, oh, butter. we're taking time to talk about this and I... We all love a pilgrim. I love Meredith, but but like, no, this isn't a television show. Like, what am I watching? So hours before the final reunion, people exclusive, Monica Garcia departing the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh. And I'm crushed. I am just so sad. I'm like, how could this happen? I know she's not doing the best with the reunions, but like, I really was hoping we'd be able to figure something out. Then the third reunion airs and it's like, Girl, Monica flops so hard. Like, I can't even speak. Like she, you know, remember when Monique came out with like a book of receipts of like, okay, it's my season on Potomac where there was the fight, but I have these receipts of like Giselle's husband cheating on her, our boyfriend. And like, I know about it. These are the texts. Let me read it to you're you. You're asking me if I remember as if I ever watched Real Housewives <laughs> You did, but I've talked about it to you. So that happened and it was <laughs> iconic and it was like such a moment. Monica being a super fan of the show knows that sometimes you bring props like this mm. and they're iconic. They're a moment. She has fully fashioned a burn book that is fashioned after Mean Girls. And like, so when they're finally like, we're ready to talk about reality von Tees, this huge story that has come out, she pops up this burn book and everyone's like, oh, that's not. And it's just like, you can feel the dead air. You can feel the silence. Andy opens it up after commercial and the first few pages are jokes. It's like, ah, here's a picture of Andy Cohen. Like he slept with the other half of New York. It's like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? We turned up, uh, like, she makes the whole fugly slut reference about herself. And it's just like, oh, this is just not working. And she goes on to kind of, like, they, they, they then show a montage of, like, I guess they have from the Reality Vontese Instagram or from uh, Monica's ex-best friend who works with Heather. So many videos of her driving by Jen Shaw's house. Oh and essentially, God. she's like, I don't want to get arrested for stalking or anything, but like, I'm here, I'm sitting in the parking lot. Oh my God, I just saw Jen. And it's like, this is worst case scenario. Because the whole thing was like, this is bordering into stalking. And now we have video proof of the stalking. And a burn book. And a burn book. Which means like, how obsessed are you? It just with? looked desperate. It looked sad. And it was all of those things. And then at the end of the reunion, she just kind of shut down. Like they were going around and like she basically had a moment to be like, like Andy turned to her and was like, if you could say anything to these women about what happened with Reality Von Teese, like if you want to tell them anything, what do you want to say to them now? And she's like, nothing. And it's like, Monica, you have to fight. You can't give up. She then essentially goes around the circle and is like, and the thing is, Heather, there was a moment where she and Heather were, were connecting. She's like, I was abused by Jen Shaw. That was the point of this uh, account was to me for me to expose her because I, like Heather, was abused by Jen Shaw and we both could connect in this way. But by the time she said it, it was too little too late, Andy went around to all of the women and was essentially like, could you see a friendship with Monica moving forward? AKA, could you film with her? Yeah. All five of them said no. Jeez. And it just was like, I was so upset. But by the end of the reunion, I was like, I get it. Mm -hmm. I do think... That women who are still on the show and even the newbies, if next season sucks, know that Monica's on speed dial. Sure. If you don't want to work with this woman again, you better make next season fucking excellent because they will bring her back in the heartbeat and she will come back in a fucking heartbeat. I could see the trailer now, just like a door opens and you see like legs walking and in the room and it's it like she's arriving. And I hate that we were t like the idea of her being on this show has been taken from us because she is great TV. But when she gets backed in the corner, she flails. And it's mm -hmm. in a way, and, and then she gets defeated and closes up and gets silent. And it's like, no, that's not the point of the show. The point is about conflict and resolution. You have to come to the table hoping for some re re uh, resolution or giving them a little bit of something. And she just gave them, none. it was very go, girl, give us nothing. And I hate to say it because I've been championing this girl for so long because she's wonderful television. But the third, like, the, the peak of the season was by far the finale episode. The reunions were just progressively more depressing, honestly. Sure. And I just worry that the this, this show has shown so bright 
are we going to get this again? You know, or was yeah. this lightning in a bottle? I don't know. It's a similar VPR problem. It's like you have a story that breaks through the zeitgeist like this. How do you keep the content as quality? Oh, girl, trust me. I, I remember the shooting on Degrassi very well. <laughs> and they kept trying to top that and they just couldn't. And it's just, you can't. You can't. It's hard when you reach a peak like that. I know. Oh, well, so that's, those were those were about six gay minutes, six <laughs> six gay minutes and twenty two extremely homosexual seconds. Thank you so much. I had a lot of feelings that I had to get out, so I appreciate all of you being here for me Don't during we this all. trying time. We all have a lot of feelings. So Matt Steele, yes, what has been giving you moments, darling? Well, I felt a lot of feelings yesterday mm. because a Saturday. I've been seeing movies on Saturday, like Look at Matt, you. I've been seeing like Saturday matinees. Who's like, this local recently. next to me? I know, and it's just like, oh god, I hope <laughs> anyone doesn't see me here because like I, I am a weeknight girly at the AMC yes. but like I run out of time during the week it so it's just like oh I gotta like go on a Saturday morning before my shift god what is this I saw Ava DuVernay's movie Origin mm. and y'all I fucking loved it wow. so much I thought it was so excellent what it is about it is about uh, the writer Isabel Wilkerson and in 2020 she released a book called Cast which okay. is all it's basically a it's a very scholarly like book like <laughs> dissecting like anthropological and sociological you know stuff to sort of essentially uh, say that all like the the prejudices like in the world are are deeper than just like a blanket like just like racism or thisism or anything it's it's like society's desire to um, uphold some sort of caste system mm. which is sort of like there are levels like hierarchies in terms of like social status and so she um you know obviously talks about like american slavery and like uh, black americans now like how they fit in society but then okay. she also like dives into like uh, uh jewish people like during the holocaust and also the indian caste system in india which mm. is like millennia old right and so so it so it's the movie is sort of taking that book and uh documenting this uh woman's uh process in writing it okay. and doing her research in writing it and also grappling with like stuff that's happening to her family like mm. her husband and then her mother and also like how close she is with her cousin who's played by Nisi Nash mm. uh, and so it, it's unlike any movie I've ever seen in my entire life because you would think like oh it's about this woman writing this very like dense book dissecting society and you're like how can that be a compelling movie mm. but the way Ava DuVernay ties in uh, like the the study of this system and her mm. doing her research, how, the way she ties it into her personal life, this woman's personal life and the stuff that was happening to her in that moment and and the stuff that was happening to, you know, America at the time, like is so like it's 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 so such an impressively huge um feat that I think she accomplished so well because it it's it's so unique and it's such a huge scope and the mm. fact that Avon Duvernay took that on I'm just so impressed wow. by everything and the performances are excellent like Anjanu Ellis uh from who was nominated for an Oscar back in 2021 for uh, King Richard okay is so perfectly cast in this role. Wow. She is really, really phenomenal. Like such a, like a complex and like deep, but like such a relatable performance. Like really, really wonderful. Niecy Nash, obviously excellent. We love Niecy Nash. Like just like one of the most interesting actresses like we have like I around mean, right winner. now. But motherfuckers. <laughs> Audra McDonald. Six-time Tony Award winner. Audra McDonald. Yes. Broadway legend. Audra McDonald. Yes. Is in this movie for three minutes. <laughs> she has a, she, it can't, she can't be in it for longer than three minutes. Okay. And she delivers a monologue mm. that is so unbelievably and outrageously excellent. Wow. Like I can't put into words. All she does is sit there and she's telling a story about what something that happened to her mm. when she was in middle school, like in the eighties and everything and not her, like the character. Obviously. Right. Um, and her del delivery of it is so breathtaking and so devastating like i'm i like is there anything this woman cannot do how dare you audra <laughs> mcdonald make all of us out here look so bad I mean. because like there's no living performer more talented than her i like I'm, i just wow. i can't like 
fathom how good she is at everything. Like when I tell you this performance in three minutes. That is wild that it's so short and it's you are. It's so short. And when I tell you, the thing is the movie, it technically counted for this Oscar season, mm. but um, Neon released it very late. And so it didn't really get anything. It did have a little bit of a, a surge in like, a popularity like I like Angelina Jolie was like touting like big actresses Frances uh, Fisher mm. uh, who famously like was one of the big voices for the Andrea Riseborough <laughs> oh, <laughs> movement of we last year oh, iconic um, <laughs> and she, like she was like touting origin being like everyone needs to see this so there was a little like buzz of like is origin gonna like slip into the best picture race last mm. minute and if it did it would have been an excellent addition like I really really loved it and let me tell you like Audrey McDonald, if the movie had come out earlier, I would have been on that social media being like, this woman deserves the nomination for supporting actress for her three minutes of screen time. Wow. It would not be the least amount of screen time someone's been nominated for. Really? That's Hermione Baddeley for um, uh, A Room at the Top in 1959 with two minutes and 30 seconds of screen right. time. She's great. But like, it is one of those performances that is, is it, it stands out so much. She really mm. takes this tiny, tiny role and makes the most with it. Like, she is so great. Everyone is great. It's, it's, it's unlike any movie I've really ever seen like the fact that it covers so much scope mm. is so impressive but yet it feels like you never feel like you're shortchanged with any like pl subplot mm. or anything like you feel emotionally connected to every single aspect of this movie that we dive into and again the performances are great there was a, a performance this one woman in this one scene had one line or two lines <laughs> where she walks up to a porch and like uh, in, in this uh, black neighborhood in the mm. south and she like just like asks her neighbor something and she's just like a little suspicious of them and then she walked away and I was like this bit better act <laughs> who is that like that was excellent like everyone in this movie is really great a great ensemble I loved it okay I loved it I was sobbing Right. I was, I was, it was great. It's it was maybe, really great. I guess justice for origin then. Like you really need to see it. Really? It's really fantastic. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited about it. This was a great pitch. I'm very interested oh, at this I point. I loved it. Yeah. Well, guys. Yeah. Ooh, is, I'm out of breath. I know. I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm overtaken. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. That, I'm thinking about that Audra monologue and I'm just like, are you, I was sitting there, tears like pouring into my lap and I was like, are you fucking kidding me, Audra? Are you fucking kidding me with this? Oh, I love her. Is there anything else you want to tell the people before we say goodbye? I think that's it. Guys, <laughs> we love you. We love we're Origin. Done. Shut it down. We're done. We love Salt Lake City, even though we're worried. Thank you so much for listening. Thank we'll you. Be, we'll be back soon with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.